0: Have you ever lost a listing have you ever just kind of gotten kicked in the stomach because you felt sure that you got a listing and uh, the rapport was incredible and then they call and tell you they listed with somebody else or even worse they send you an email and tell you they've chosen someone else it hurts man I know it's happened to me tons of times and I hated it and um, so because of that I created a product called a certified listing agent. I got the eight top listing agents in the world and recorded their listing appointments. Everything, no holds barred, no secrets here, everything. And then after each listing appointment, we uh, discussed it and uh, created a course out of it. It's uh, over 10 hours of intense uh, video and it's for you to watch and never lose a listing again check it out there's a lot of free samples you can go in and see kind of what it's like before you uh, sign up for it Uh, rebusuniversity.com we also got the the uh, highly popular cta certified team agent with jeff Cohn, and that is how to build a massive team how jeff went from 80 to 580 units in four years and uh, what he does behind the scenes what forms he uses how his systems are run everything on the cta certified team agent and many things to come if you if you're interested go to uh, rebusuniversity.com put yourself on the mailing list there Uh, we have a price reduction course we have a 101 ways to get uh, real estate leads for free we have an isa course coming out uh, a lead handling course not not how to lead generate There's there's a ton of courses that other people do on that. But this is how to efficiently capture leads and work with them. So uh, they have a couple of courses coming out on that aspect. So anyways, RebusUniversity.com. Check it out, guys. You'll be glad you did. Now on uh, with the show. Okay, Rockstar Nation. I have a great guest today. Some of our listeners have actually said, you got to get this guy on the show. I have Brandon Nelson on the phone. He has his own company, a boutique shop out of Bellingham, Washington called Brandon Nelson Partners. And he is making waves there and uh, doing some really, really good stuff. And this is going to be a great show. Lots of meat and potatoes, guys. So get your pens and papers ready. Brandon, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate (laughs) Rockstars.
1: Pat freaking Hyben, man. I am so honored to be here talking to you. I've been a huge fan of yours for hundreds of episodes or whatever, but I'm a huge fan. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better, Brandon? Sure thing. So I've been in the real estate business for 10 years, Uh, got licensed in 2006. And uh, it's important to know what I was doing before that because it does play a big role. I was a home inspector before that for about three years through the boom, did about 700 inspections. And then I was a carpenter and a builder before that. So I've been in houses and in real estate for, you know, since God the mid nineties on one level. But I got into sales in 2006, and humble beginnings. I sold two houses my first year. I was I was moonlighting as an inspector because I didn't have a nest egg, so I did both those for that first year. A home inspector, I was. Yep, yeah. Yeah. That, that's and, great background. Oh, fantastic background, man! I would not trade one day of that three years of my life for anything because I it's so awesome to know to have that depth of knowledge that I do now. My clients love it, and it serves us every day. But I hit a ceiling with that, you know, you can only crawl through so many crawl spaces and, and I just, I couldn't do any more or make any more money. And one day I got a call from a client and he said, hey, aren't you in real estate somehow? Can you help me buy this house? And I said, man, I can't because I'm just an inspector. But I think that day I got online and started getting my license. That was in '06, And then in spring of '07 I stacked up a couple closings and it, and it gave me that little bit of a of the confidence and the money to let go of inspection full-time and go full-time into real estate. My second year, I sold seven houses. But then my third year, 2008, which you know the, the the crash was was happening and everything else, but that that didn't mean anything to me. All I knew was I was new in the business and I was going to make it. In 2008, by the end of that year, I was the number one agent at the uh, the the big franchise firm that I was out here in town at the time. And it's been uh, it's been ten straight years of solid growth. I've never gone backwards. Over the wow. past ten years. That's so great. Something I'm really proud of. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah you. that's
0: that's awesome to say, you know. You know, that's awesome. I remember meeting a guy once, he said, My only goal in real estate is make one more dollar than I made the year before. Um, you know. <laughs> that's uh, it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's so, great. Okay, cool. So so let's talk about
1: where you are now. Like how many houses did you sell last year? So last year, so in the last twelve months or two thousand sixteen, here we are wrapping up the year. This yeah. year we're we're gonna end up closing eighty three sides this year. Uh we did um we're going to close out the year at about 35 million in volume. Sweet. And uh GCI of right at about 850.
0: Okay, so your ECI, your ego commission income is almost
1: a million dollars. What's your <laughs> <laughs> what's your net profit? That's awesome. So I carry about I carry about 40% to the bottom line. And uh, and then I love your question of too. What's your LTI? What's your left to invest? Yeah, money?
0: yeah. You know, I don't ask that as much, but that's that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Because you know, some people will get their their you know, their ECI at a million bucks, and then they'll get their 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 net profit at you know three hundred grand. But then next thing you know, they got six cars and they got you know thirty five freaking purses and. <clears throat> and uh they're left to invest they don't invest anything so that's it. thanks for bringing that what is your left to invest your
1: lti uh, i'll tell you what man you're your starting to ask that question really changed my mind about things and on your podcast or another podcast that i was listening to i heard of a book called profit first i don't know if you've read it but it's it's fantastic and no it convinced i haven't who wrote it so you know? it's Oh uh, gosh, I don't know. Quick Google search, but it's, yeah, a, it's a yeah. pro- I'll put
0: it on the show notes guys. Anybody listening? I will put profit first, uh, the link to it on the show notes. Go ahead. Sorry. About here's that, the,
1: running. here's the premise. Uh, it's, it's in rather than take your, you know, your, your revenue minus your expenses and then end up with, Oh, this is my profit. It's take your revenue, then take your profit first. Then what's left over, figure out how to run a company with that much. And I thought, man, that's freaking genius. So what I started doing is I pulled a number sort of out of thin air. I said, from now on, every commission check that comes into the firm, before we take anything out of it, I take 20% right off the top. Mm. And I put it in into a separate account. That's my LTI. So after 850 in commission, what's that work out to? 170 grand in money that I can invest in real estate. Then I figure out how to pay my agents and how to run my company and, and pay for my household from what's left. That has been such a game changer for me. And, and everybody, I told, my, I told my, uh, my, my lead buyer's agent, her 16-year-old son or 17-year-old son just took his first job at a Little Caesars. And I said, I said, Mo. Start taking money off the top of every single paycheck. As soon as you get it, do that for your entire life and you will, you will thank me in the future.
0: Yeah, no, this is so timely. This is great. And and, you know, I'm sometimes I don't ask that sometimes because I'm afraid that it's like zero, right? I mean, it's just like, you're an exception to the rule. I think, I think, uh, and and, and that's probably why I need to ask it more because you know, we all need to, to,
1: to hear that more than anything. the, 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 the numbers and the metrics and the celebrations and the awards and all this BS that surrounds this industry is so, is so off and oh it's my. so wrong in so many ways with the, with the, I mean, get a million dollar producer. Fantastic. I mean, I've listened to so many of your guests and believe me, I love it. And I take something from every one of them, but I'm scratching my head a lot of times going, this guy's got 35 agents and he's doing a hundred million in, in, in volume and, and I'm hearing what he's taking home at the end of the day and it's it's so so much more important what you're asking what's your LTI what's your what's your not not your ECI but what's you know what are you bringing home yeah, what are you and bringing saving? Home? and investing. Those are those are what we should be a teaching our kids in school. I mean, don't get me started, but this is this is it's it's a it's an it's ECI is what everybody's looking at and ECI doesn't mean <laughs> anything. It doesn't mean anything. This is this is a great
0: conversation. You know, just last night I was reading Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday there you and go, yeah. and I highlighted a sentence in there just literally like less than 12 hours ago and it said some people are attracted to the sizzle and some people are attracted to the steak yeah 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 that's and, it well and and, and, and the yeah. steak is is profit right the real meat i don't want the sizzle i want the i want to make money you know
1: exactly exactly and and i you know i we we're we'll get into the conversation but i am running what really is more of a lifestyle support mechanism here versus a, you know, how big can I grow my ECI? How many sides can I, I can do? We we bought an office this year that we absolutely love. It's big enough for 11 people. We have five people at my firm. I'm, I'm going to be very, very careful if I decide to bring in more people. Cause right now, right now I'm work. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I work out every day. We'll get into, I'm an athlete. That's, mm. that's my number one focus in life. My wife and I are both hardcore athletes. Our kids are growing up that way. So we love to have time to work out every day. I don't, I don't, when I get these calls, Brandon, we've got 5,000 buyer leads in your area. We'll send them to you for that, 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 I just say, guys, how much for you to never call me again? I yeah, don't right. want to be extracted yeah, right. <laughs> with strangers, calls from strangers. We get people, when we get a phone call, I get a call from someone local in town. They say, Brandon, you've been referred to us by six different groups of people in town. Can you come over and list my house? I mean, that's that's, to Six me, of, that's the holy grail. Okay, so of,
0: let's, let's talk about this. So obviously what Brandon is talking about is this. If you get a referral from someone in your town, the profit margin is going to automatically be higher because you didn't have to pay to buy that source directly, right, like a lot of these places a lot of the squirrels that are distracting your attention, you end up having to buy business. And number two, they're probably not as likely to interview four or five agents, right? They're probably more likely to listen to you on your recommendation on where to price it, as well as all your recommendations. And, and the, the, it just, the list goes on and on and on. But, but I won't uh, steal it from you there, Brandon. Why don't you tell us you know, where all your business is coming from and why?
1: Absolutely. So uh, a philosophy of business that probably Michael Mayer, who we're going to talk about later, Michael coached me for a good long while and I'm still in touch with him on almost weekly basis. He and I talked about business one day. He said, Brandon, you need two things to be in business, a list and trust. The more you have of one, the less you need of the other. So for instance, if you've got an Oprah endorsing you, or if you are a Warren Buffett, you don't, you're not spending your time cold calling hundreds of people every day. People are coming to you. They already trust you. And, and that's how, that's how I built my business in this town. So 80% of our business last year was 81. So we've dropped 1%. 80% of our business in 2016 was repeat and referral clients. That is zero, zero conversion, zero competition. That's just a Brandon. Brandon. We're ready to buy. We're ready to sell. Can we work with you? That's that is such a, the nicest part of business. The next highest source of our business comes from Zillow. Now, let me specify: we don't spend a penny advertising on Zillow. I did for six months, and it was the biggest waste of money. And we, and it's and I get that people get results with it. I understand that, and 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 I know that a lot of your listeners or a lot of your guests and so forth have said no, we have great reviews or great results with it. I don't want to be distracted with strangers calling me who don't know me. I was getting about four leads a month for an $800 spend. So that's a $200 per lead cost and they weren't converting. And, uh, and so we said, rather than spend 800 on Zillow, let's spend 800 on our clients on our a list by sending them gift cards and flowers and having movie events and just showering them with love. But, back to where our our secondary source of business comes from Zillow because we have 176 five-star reviews on Zillow. And we've been very deliberate about making sure that that number gets high and stays high and keeps growing. Those clients who vet us out, they're looking for You know, obviously, the highest, highest integrity, highest performing agents in this market, they vet us out, they read through those reviews, and then they call ready-to-do business. That has been absolutely huge for us. And I always tell people, if you're hiring someone in the service business, in any service business, this is something I'm going to give credit where credit's due, Pat. This is a Seth Godin lesson that I learned, who's, I read everything Seth writes, and I've agreed with 99.9% of what he writes. He told a story about one of the best marketing pieces or or techniques that he ever saw was he was living in Southern California or somewhere like that, warmer climate. His AC went out. He called two different AC repair people. The second guy shows up and he walks up to Seth and he hands him a packet of stapled together pages. He says, here's a review from all my past clients with their phone number and any one of them are willing to talk to you about working with me. He said, that's it. I said, get up on the roof. You're hired. So we have done the exact same thing. We take, those, we take those reviews, and there's a lot of different things to do with those reviews, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But primarily, when you've got 100 or more or even 50 of reviews, patterns begin to emerge. You have a pattern, you'll have a grouping from within that larger group of buyers who came from out of the area and are looking to relocate here. You'll have patterns of sellers who are selling their last home and then moving into an assisted living facility. Those types of clients have special concerns. And when you get a prospect who calls and says, hey, this is my situation, and you can say, well, what a coincidence. I've worked with six clients in that exact situation. Can I please send you the reviews that they wrote about working with me? They all gave us five-star ratings and see if that helps you make your decision. You have just closed that sale so conclusively, and that's what we do. Yeah.
0: I love that. If, if you're listening and you don't have 40 Zillow reviews or 40 reviews online, there's a train coming and you're about to get run over. You know, something interesting happened, Brandon, when I, you know, before every show, I research, I try to watch some videos, I read, uh, you know, anything that you may have done or about your business, about your, you know, your LinkedIn, whatever. And so I typed in your name and my default search engine is Google, okay? So I can't speak for what happens if it's, you know, another the search engine, but so if you go to Google and you type in your name, you get a list, right, of 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 all the choices. But off to the right, they have their own page that shows the top photo of you, which happens to be you and your team. Mm-hmm. A nice photo; it's recent. A photo of your office building that that Google Maps shows, right? And then below it, it says. Facebook reviews, and it has the average of your Facebook reviews, which, by the way, a lot of people aren't thinking about Facebook reviews, but that's the next best thing. They are taking a lot of their money and putting it into two things. Number one, the Facebook Live, right? If you notice, you get the notifications like crazy, anybody that's on Facebook Live. And number two, reviews. If you review somebody, all your friends know about it. If someone reviews you, all your friends know about it. So they really want to take that market over. So they got there. You've got a couple Facebook reviews. A lot of them are just like five stars and and no words. But that's okay because it shows five out of five stars. And then it says Zillow reviews. has all your Zillow reviews, the averages. And then it has Google reviews. And uh, you can click there. And so what they're doing is, even though they are not attached to Facebook and and not attached to Zillow, they're using that as like a baseball card on their own dime because they could be putting ads there. Does this make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And and it. It's, it's, you know, this is my wife and I went, we, we said, Hey, we got to buy some Christmas, uh, gifts for the kids. Let's, let's try to spend some local money. It's gotten so freaking hard to spend local money. Cause it's so easy to just go on Amazon. Right. So we said, all right. So we go into the local sporting goods store and we want to get our kids some soccer goals. Our kids, uh, Hayden and Jazzy are five and eight. And so, uh, we are standing there. We're looking at six different soccer goals. And it dawned on us, we can't see the reviews on any of these. We could not make a decision because we have been so programmed. That's how we buy things now. That's how I found Michael Mayer because he's got over 500 five-star reviews on his book on Amazon. Mm. And that keyed me in. And so again, what I was saying earlier is, is if you're hiring someone in the service, in any service industry, and you could only, if you only had time to ask them two questions in the interview, here's the two questions I would propose you ask them. Tell me about your track record of working with other clients like me or with a home to sell like mine. Number 1, number 2, what do your current and past clients have to say about working with you? Those two questions and the answers that those would derive covers all the other questions. Do you know how to market? Do you do do you do this and do you do that and how do you compare to these other agents and stuff? Those two questions encapsulate everything. And that is the new that is the new face, the public-facing uh, marketing is are you reviewed, do you have a good track record, are your reviews up to date, and are you continuing to grow them? And I'll tell you, it drives us really, really good business, not cold leads. I'm talking come and list me, or come and help me buy type business. And, and, and we figure that we generate about an extra $1,000 per year in commission for, uh, for each review that we have up on up on zillow
0: okay so so how do like we're all about meat and potatoes here right give us the steak not the sizzle how does someone listening that has no reviews do it the fastest how does someone who also is busy as hell and doesn't have time to do it do it are there are there companies out there that will do it for you what's the what's the the best way to get this done
1: No disrespect to any of the companies out there who are, who are offering to do your entire social media marketing or get you reviews or anything else. But that is, that's a step away from, from, from quality in this, in this business, as far as I'm concerned. And let me just preface that by saying I'm coming from, from my start in this business was from Ninja Selling, from Larry Kendall and I don't know if, if, if you or your listeners know about the whole ninja selling philosophy, but it's, it's a philosophy of genuine five-star quality service uh, in every aspect of what you're doing. Always operating as if your client is sitting on your shoulder, looking and listening to what you're saying and everything else. So to, to how do you get reviews? The easiest thing that we, what we did is we said, all right, Zillow doesn't, care how far, how long ago you sold a property or worked with a client. You can reach back out to a client you worked with three years ago. And if they write you a review and Zillow confirms that it was tied to an actual sale, they will go ahead and publish it. So when we found that out, we went through our list of all our past sales. We put together an email and said, You know, hey, the new marketing is online reviews. When we get a call from a new client, the first thing they do is they go and vet us out online. Would you help us and spend five minutes, click this link that we put in that email, and go write us a five-star review on Zillow. And to say thanks, when we reach 25 reviews, we're going to draw a name for a free iPad. So we did that. We got about maybe 60% conversion on the first email. For the 40% who didn't do it, we sent up a follow email and said, hey, we're up to 15 reviews now, only 10 to go before we draw for that iPad. We just repeated that process again and again. And next thing you know, we had 50, then 75, then 100, then 175 reviews. When we got up to about... so,
0: so you gave away seven iPads...
1: No, we ended up giving away three iPads because because as we were doing we, – we gave them away in increments of 15 or 20 or – I'm sorry, 25 or 30 or 40 iPads just as it was appropriate as we did a push. But we were also training ourselves to, all right, from now on when we take on new clients and start working with them – we're going to start subtly prepping them right from the first meeting that, hey, our goal here is to genuinely earn a five-star review at the what end is, of this what transaction. Is,
0: what is, um, what's an iPad cost nowadays?
1: 300 bucks.
0: Okay. So uh, you, this is great. I mean, set up a system where you spend $300 every 25 reviews. That's a no-brainer. Shit. You can do 10 reviews. I well, even <laughs> say 300 bucks for every 10 reviews because that way you know, the chances are much higher. So you say, hey, I'm giving away a free iPad every 10 reviews. And then, you know, you just set that system up. Now, go ahead, finish what you were saying. You say you tell them at the very day one, this is your system and what you
1: expect. Okay, so nowadays, and for the past year, we haven't we haven't had to do the iPad giveaways anymore because we've hit all the past clients that were going to write reviews for us. We've got all them on board. Now we're just going yeah, into the Yeah, but you know trend. what you
0: should do? I don't mean to cut you off, but here's the thing, buddy. You know, Zillow is there, and they're strong. Yelp is all over California. Mm-hmm. It may not be in Washington, and Facebook, like I said before— is probably going to take over that market too. So you know, you, what you might want to do is start spending three hundred dollars every twenty-five reviews on Yelp now. Three hundred dollars every twenty-five reviews on Facebook now. Just keep it going.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. And I'm 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 becoming a huge, huge fan and student of this review economy and this review marketing. So I totally agree. Yelp is super powerful. Those are things. The reason we focused on Zillow early on is you check on alexa.com, which ranks websites, Zillow is far and away the leader of real estate search engine websites. There's not even a close second. And so we wanted to be where the people are going to look for real estate. Uh, you know, and yeah, we absolutely, Pat, I totally agree with you. But to go back to your question, how do we prep people now? What do we do now? When we go into a a new uh, buyer or seller meeting now in the very first meeting, we tell people, Guys, our goal is to genuinely earn a five-star review at the end of our work together. Now, let me explain how we're going to do that. And then we'll go into the work and the buyer process or whatever it is. And then any time that that client mentions, compliments us or mentions just how pleased they are throughout the transaction, we just give a little smile and say, you know what? I'm going to ask you to put that in writing when this is all said and done. Just Mm, little hints like that. Let's stop
0: there. Listen to this, guys. (laughs) Write this down. Every time you get a compliment, even if it's like, "Wow, you know, you look sharp today," make it a joke, <laughs> right? Make it a joke, like
1: Zillow review, uh, you Facebook know what? You, review. You, you, you know, you do now. Be careful, be careful. Don't, don't, don't step into the territory of commission breath. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, it's, it's, right? You're yeah. not, you're not, you're not desperate. You're not saying, "Wait, wait, wait, what did you just say?" I'm gonna put you. Let me get you a video camera. No, 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 no. It's a subtle. You're training them through the 30, 60, 90 days that you're working with them on the way to closing. You're just being very cool. Now, this is about style. Now, everybody's got their own style or whatever else, but our style is to just subtly kind of keep things going, and then at the end, it's, now, here's, the, here's a real, real easy slam dunk. If they happen to email you a compliment or email you a few sentences or whatever, what you do is save that email. And then circle back around at closing. Never, ever ask for a written review prior to closing. A, Zillow won't take it. B, they want to see if they reach the finish line. And you know how things happen in the 11th hour. But once the deal has closed, you take that email of those compliments they sent you. And you, said, you send a quick email and you say, hey, remember that nice compliment you paid me? In fact, here it is. Would you mind copying and pasting it at this link, which is our specific review page on Zillow and just giving us a five-star review? I mean, how easy is that? Those convert at 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's
0: okay. that's great. Yeah, I love so, it. I mean, um, and, and just, you know, again, it's got to be a system and it's got to be top of mind. I think a lot of people have good intentions. They set out to do it, you know, yeah. but, they, but they don't or they, they do it for 30 days and then they stop and it's... Super well, critical. Once,
1: once you see, once you see, we got a call yesterday from a gal in Washington, D.C. Never, never met us or anything else. She said, Brandon, and, and we want, we talked for, you know, this is how we're going to do. We're ready to buy. We got 450 grand. At the end of the question, I said, hey, I'd like to thank the person who put you in touch with us. How did you find us? She said, oh, I actually vetted you out online and I found you on Zillow and your reviews are fantastic. And that's how I've come to work with you. So now we're going to, you know, it's a twelve, thirteen dollars 13000 paycheck. Mm-hmm. From from an unpaid so you, once you see the, the the stake as you call it of putting these these reviews up there and I haven't even begun to mess with Yelp or Google reviews or anything else but uh, and it's this, free
0: this, other than the this, iPads it's free exactly you
1: don't have to do the iPads it was just a we no just but I love, love, it. love, I love, it. I love it 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 I love that no let me yeah. let me let me take it two steps further though the, the 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 you know like I said when you when you do get a lead that is going to ask you to compete with other agents and you can pull from a backlog of reviews that match client profiles like the one you're interviewing, man, that is so powerful. But here's another thing to do too with, uh, this is combining one of Michael Mayer's techniques, uh, the great retrace. Are you familiar with that technique? The great retrace.
0: Yeah. I've, I've heard him talk about this before and it, and it's, oh. it, it goes to Michael's creativity, how, how brilliant he is, how he comes up with this stuff, like the great retrace
1: comes up with this, but he he just, (laughs) it's just so natural.
0: It's so natural. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Talk about it.
1: So his, his great retrace is basically we, we put a, you know, we put a lot of emphasis here. We have a system in our office. Now there's five, there's four of us agents and one admin. That's my firm. There's five of us. We have a safe that sits at the front desk that is full of $20 gift cards to different restaurants and bookstores and stuff in town here. Anytime an agent gets a referral, they are to grab one of those and make a handwritten note and thank the referral source. Okay, using, using this is Michael's technique, a great retrace. Then they go to the CRM and say, who referred us to that original referral source? And they send a card to them. Now, we're not putting $20 gift cards in every one of these, just that, that initial, that primary lead source. But we are sending a handwritten thank you note to each one of those people that had led to that ultimate referral. That's the great retrace. Now, when you've got a review, a five-star review from someone who had been referred by someone else and someone before them, you get that five-star review pulled up with the five yellow stars right there above it on Zillow. You use a, pro- uh, a software called Jing to take a quick snapshot of it, paste it onto a Google Doc and wait, print wait, wait,
0: wait, it. Wait, 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 okay, S- Jing? All What's right.
1: Jing about? Jing is a free, uh, it's a screen capture tool. It is so slick okay. and easy. You're going to yeah. ask me, what's my favorite app that I'm excited about or whatever else? Yeah. That's it. So that's, for a,
0: that's probably for a PC, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I use for, PC. I'm not sure. If it's yeah, good. for a Mac, there's one called Skitch. And it's the same thing, right? You, you screenshot it and then you could write on it. You can circle stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep. So it lives. It's a little bubble that lives on the edge of your screen. I use it every day. I use it every day. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Every single day. So I jing that review. I capture it all. Then I print it. Then I cut it out. And then I take that five-star review and I fold it up and I put it in that thank you note. Say, Hey, remember that person you referred to us? Thought you'd like to know that they were so satisfied with our service. That, 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 that. So please, you know, make sure you have full.
0: And that gives them confidence that they can keep referring, right? Because they know you did a good job and they're like, because I think the one reason people don't make referrals is they're afraid the person they refer that you're going to do a bad job and it's going well, to reflect I'm one on them. them. Yeah.
1: I'm one of them. Hey, I, hey, if I refer a contractor and they don't do a five-star job, they're not, I'm not going to refer them again. Yeah, And it, it reflects on you, makes you
0: feel bad and guilty. So, so then you just don't refer people anymore, which is not the way to go. So this is that that's great. You put that in there. It also incentivizes the people that get the thank you note to say, Oh damn, I never did that myself. Let me, let me, uh, let me
1: give them one too. So the handwritten note is already above and beyond. Hardly anybody's doing those anymore. You put a review in it, you turbocharge it. Now, here's how to turbo, turbo turbocharge the handwritten (laughs) note. If there is, you go back to your CRM. Now, hopefully you're building out a CRM with information about your clients and about your A-list and so forth. You go back to the CRM. Do these people have kids? Yes. Anytime there's a kid in the household. Don't address the envelope to mom and dad. Address it to the kids. Do you know how excited kids are if they get a piece of mail? I mean, they freak out. And then they open it up. You say, hey, Joey, your mom and dad are so awesome for our business. They referred us to so-and-so. Those people were so happy in their new house. They wrote this review. Would you do me a favor and share this with your mom and dad? Just let them know we're taking care of their friends. That hits the whole household. And I'll tell you what, that's going to end up, they are never going to forget that.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Very interesting. Very interesting because you're right, right? You're right. I mean, we used to send out free cookies. Like you get a cookie made that said, happy birthday, Joey. And uh, uh, we had a deal with the cookie place. This is like a 12-inch, 16-inch cookie where they would give it to us on the cheap. And uh, we sent those out to the kids, grandkids, everybody. And they loved it. People, if we missed a kid's birthday, God
1: forbid, you know. Well, that's it. That's the, you know, you got to know those things. Once you start too, you can't stop. You got, <laughs> you got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. But this, these are the sorts of things that, you know, these are the sorts of things that I was doing somewhat Then Michael Mayer taught me how to do even more of them. But this is how you build a 80% repeat and referral business where, well, I don't, you know, I don't like to tell market. I don't like to door knock. I don't have any interest in doing those sorts of things. I'd rather go train. I'd rather right now I'm becoming a competitive swimmer. I'd rather go to the pool <laughs> and train. And, and, and and live, live an authentic life, doing really good work. And then when we get calls, people are ready to do business. That's what we're running. They're ready to do business. They're
0: ready. Like the lady that called yesterday.
1: Exactly. They're ready.
0: I like that. They're ready to do business. That's the stake, baby. So now how do you get agents on your team and (laughs) retain agents on your team that are going to have the same philosophy as you?
1: Yeah, great question. Well, I handpicked them very, very carefully, and uh, as as everybody will agree on your on your uh, show, I mean, the quality of the agents that you hire is so freaking critical. It's the it's the it's, it's it. I mean, that's the whole thing. We have agents contact us. Probably, I'm going to say once every two weeks, we'll have an agent say, "Hey, Brandon, I I, you know, I want to join your team." Da 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 da. Well, we're not necessarily hiring. Um, we've got really, really quality people working here, and so the, right now we have Solvay Johnson works on my team. She is into her third year. Solvay, this this is a gal who grew up in Alaska. You know, this gal was was on a on a in a in a, in a fishing cannery at 16 years old. Who you talk about a work ethic? What does that mean? This, like she, she was, she, she was working in the she in can commercial, fish fi- or whatever. Yeah, exactly salmon, right up in Alaska as a teenager. That's what her family is doing. Her dad is still a commercial fisherman. She came down into, uh, you know, down in Washington, she was in cosmetic or, or, uh, hair product sales for different salons, driving up and down the I five corridor. She got her real estate license. And I just knew this woman is a natural. She's going to kill it. She made, uh, she closed forty-seven sides her first full-time year in the business, made two hundred and seven thousand in commission. Holy dirt!
0: Now, okay, let me let me stop you there. Why? Why did she? <laughs> why, what makes why? her different? There's a million the, rookies out there, right? There's a million yeah. rookie agents out there. Very few make 207th 207 grand and sell forty some houses. Okay, let's give, take give me the DNA
1: of Soleil. Okay. Sol- Solvay is her name. Solvay. a okay, Norwegian sorry. name. Yep. Yep. Norwegian. Rule number one. This is, this is the most, if my kids say, dad, I want to get in real estate, let's say 15 years from now, they want to get in real estate and I'm not in the business anymore. I'm going to say, guys, step into a moving river. That's what Solvay did. That was most important. Whoa. She,
0: step into a moving river.
1: Yeah. Meaning join a busy team with a good reputation that is going to give you business, if you, if, once you see that a salesperson has the right stuff, load them up with business. And that's what I did with Solvay. I had the confidence from the second day that she worked for my team that I could set her up with a client in her deucer to a buyer and that she was going to go out there and take care of them and close a sale and get a five-star review. And she has. So I, I was more than happy to give her all of our buyer traffic from the first time that she joined me. She was my first agent hire. I had an assistant and then I hired Solvay. So
0: what what is it about her personality? What is it about her her work ethic? What is it about her day-to-day activities that allow her to do that? So, so let's I I just want you to realize, you know, there's probably a thousand brand new agents that are going to hear this. Yeah. And I want yeah. you to tell them how she did it so
1: that they can do it. She's gen this woman is genuinely pleasant. She's attractive, she's well put together, she dresses nicely, she drives a Mercedes Benz uh, SUV, she takes a tremendous amount of pride in her reputation. She doesn't want to be associated with anything that's that's black hat or under the table or 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 any kind of, you know, dirty dealings in real estate she knows how to type, she knows how to write, she can speak on the phone. I mean, she's just, this is this is the type of person that you meet and you say, wow, you should be a natural, you're a natural salesman. You should think about getting into real estate, right? She, then she worked her freaking butt off. And I mean, she worked seven days a week. Last year was an incredibly busy year in the market and she never said no when a client was ready to do business. That's how she, so I covered all of her expenses. I still do for all my agents. All the thank you cards, all of our open houses, all our advertising business cards, the only thing they pay is their realtor dues and their MLS dues and their gas. I cover everything else for them. And she made $207,000 in commission. That was after the split with no expenses, right? And then she said, that was so hard. I worked so freaking hard to do that. I don't know that I want to do that again. And then we talked about hiring hiring some help. Mm. So Then we we hired a mother-daughter team in April of this year to come on and take some of that load. Now this year, I just looked at Solvay's numbers this morning. This year, she's a hundred just over 172,000 in GCI. Mm. She'll make another, you know, eight or 10 here before we close. So she'll be at 180, but she had way more of a life this year. And, uh, and you good, know, good
0: for you for working on that with her, keeping her in the game. So she doesn't burn out. Cause that happens to agents, you know, burn oh, yeah. out and go through like a three month slump, right, where they just don't want to do anything or quit no. altogether, right? You, you train no. you, you figured it out. I mean, and, and I think the moral of the story is of her story for you as the leader, I, I once heard uh, Bob Kalinsky, I think he said, he said, um, you know, if you want a nut at the top of a tree, hire a squirrel to go get it for you. Don't hire a horse and try to train them how to climb
1: a tree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me back up to a second, though, that I think was a huge, huge hire that way too many agents fear. And I think there's a way to put it in context to get them over that fear hump a little bit. And that is the very first hire, the admin. There are so many agents out there who, and I was one of them for seven years. I thought, oh, no, no, no. My clients want me, right? That's the old adage. My clients want me and I'll just do it all and I can't afford an assistant. Think of an assistant in this way. Everything that you're doing that's not client-facing, especially stuff that you're sitting at your computer doing, right? Making marketing stuff. I call it arts and crafts. You're making marketing stuff, making advertisements, setting up broker's caravans, calling for showings, inputting listings. All the stuff that you're doing where your client's not really watching you and they don't know how much effort you're putting into it. When you have, you think of hiring an assistant to do that for you. Don't think in terms of, oh my gosh, but that's $30,000 a year. That's $40,000 a year. Think of it this way. Try an assistant for 20 hours a week at $15 an hour, right? That's $300 a week. And, try, and think about trying them for, say, two months or three months. So we're $300 a week times four. So we're 1200 a month. Let's say you give them a three-month shot. That's $3,600. If it doesn't work out and you hate it at three months, You've you've spent $3,600. Big deal. That's not going to change your lifestyle. But you are going to see that it gives you so much more of a life. You're going to look back and say, How in the world did I ever operate without this assistant? And if you don't feel that way after about a month, you've got the wrong person. Try again. I mean, I've hired and fired some people, but now I've got an assistant that works for the whole firm, Grace. She's amazing. She makes $45 a year or so. We're going to give her a raise. You know, we pay her per closing, plus hourly, plus I throw a thousand bucks here and there as a bonus. She's amazing. She works for all of us. I could never go back to being a single agent, solo agent. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about the leverage, dude. I mean, you don't need to sell me on that. I mean, I've always leveraged. I believe in leverage. At the same time, I believe in profit. So I think that, uh, you know, a common theme I keep seeing is, over leverage and minimal profit. I don't believe in that, but I a hundred percent believe if someone's going to elevate you and get you more commissions and make you more money, then that's the right sort of leverage. So, so let me ask you this, you know, you've done a lot of stuff. You're obviously an entrepreneur. you you know, you opened your own company. Tell me about a failure that you've had Brandon and what you learned from that. How did you come out from that? What, what did you learn?
1: Here's here's a here's a story that I hope will resonate with some of your listeners that I consider a failure. If you think back I said in 2006 I sold 2 houses, 2007 I sold 7. Then in 2008 I got I got I started figuring the business out and I started really selling. I was in an office, a franchise office, big national name of about 65 agents. At the end of 2008, my wife and I did a trip to Mexico, which we do. Every other year, we go to Mexico for six weeks in the winter. That's a whole other story of how to do that. It's easy. Anyway, we got back from that six weeks in Baja, and uh, we went straight into the day after I got back was the award ceremony for the big franchise firm. They gave the Rookie of the Year award, and I was super bummed that I didn't get it because I'd had a really good year. But then I realized why. They gave the Realtor of the Year award, and I won it. And I called my dad, who was a salesman his whole life, hmm. and I said, I said, Dad, I just got the Realtor of the Year award for being the most productive agent in my entire office of 65 people. It's only my first full-time year in the business. He said, Brandon, that's appalling. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> what? Right? What he was saying, Brandon, don't get me wrong. No disrespect, but you're a brand new agent. You're in with 65 people. And how many, people but how many houses veterans. did you sell? Oh, at twenty three, twenty five, something okay. like that. Okay, he he okay. said, he He's said, a- he said, Brandon, when you're new in a business and you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, get the hell out of there. Jeez. Right? I didn't listen to him. I stayed for five more years at that firm because I liked the culture and I liked this. And for God's sake, I could not break through this ceiling. There was no culture of leverage there. Mm. Like most firms, take any big national firm other than KW, there isn't a team building infrastructure. There isn't a culture of growth or leverage or anything else. And finally, after after beating my head against the wall for five more years, I said, I've got to get out of here. I've got to, I, I totally bought into the philosophy of you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. Brandon, you need to change the company you keep And I said, all right, so I'm getting out of here. On the exit interview, the broker of that firm says, Brandon, you want to build a team, do what I did. You want medium level performers who make 50, 60K a year in commission. They don't cost you a bunch of extra admin. And my freaking jaw fell open. Hmm. And I said, you mean to tell me the whole time I've been here, that has been your attitude about how you want your agents to perform. Mm. And I just, I felt like I had just lost five years of my life, right? And I said, I'm never, ever going to go back. So think about that. If you are, if you are an agent and I'm, I'm going to piss off a lot of broker owners out there at the big franchise, franchise firms, but if you are an agent and your broker is not able to talk to you about leverage, about team building, about growth, about how you exit the business, things like that. Question whether you're in the right place and think about that rule you are the average of the five people you spend the most time around. It's a truth, it's a law of nature, like gravity.
0: Yeah, and there are answers to that. I mean, obviously, yeah, if you could go to a brokerage where you know you're fifth rather than first, it's a good thing, it's not a bad thing, trust me. Or if you could. Uh, find, you know, the top five people in your area or even in your state and have a monthly or bi-monthly mastermind. We've had a lot of guests come on and say they do that. They're competitors even, but they share everything. Anthony Margellis came on. I believe it was him that, that basically recently said, you know, that's what he does. He took his number one competitor who was he was actually lost a couple of listing appointments to and said, "Hey, I want to I want you to stop by my office and I want you to bring your team and I want you to look at everything we do and we're going to offer you advice on technology." And the guy was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, come on. We're friends. We're not uh, we're not enemies. Let's let's cooperate." And the guy came over, brought his whole team, and now he meets the guy, you know, on a regular basis and you know, they have friendly competition and but he has somebody cuz he has a boutique firm. He has somebody that's killing it. That he can share with and learn best practices from, and you know what I mean, and and so that's key. And there's uh, online now. There's there's tons of masterminds, tons of places that you can go that where you could find other high achievers. And
1: that's talk right. To, that's you know? right. And, and the bottom line is, you every agent out there needs to drive their own education and their own trajectory in this business. And it, I don't mean to make it sound like these. Yeah. Well, broker- how, give me
0: some specifics. So how did you do it? because as a boutique firm, right? You don't have, you know, you're surrounding yourself with, with just your staff.
1: Yep. So what I did is I went, first thing I did is I went off site with my office to get out of that building. And I just, I, I just got my own space and then I hired an assistant and that just rocked my whole world. I couldn't, I, my numbers instantly shot up. I was happier. I was, I was enjoying what I was doing more. And I said, wow, there is something to this. Then she, after about four four or five months, her husband took an out of state job and she had to stay home with the kids and she had to leave. I had to tr- I, I tried to hire uh, two or three more assistants and it, they, they didn't work out and I let them go pretty quickly. And then I said, you know what? I need some formal training in this. So I went to a recruit select class uh, taught by Ben Kinney. And he's in my, Ben Kinney and his team are in my town here in Bellingham. And, uh, and I love Ben and I love a lot of the stuff he's taught. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave uh, the firm I was at. I went to KW um, for about a year and a half. And I was, I think within my first year there, other than Ben, I was the number one guy at that firm. And, and, you know, had some good times there, did some, did some learning and stuff, but I did not, it wasn't a fit for me. Now, let me, let me qualify that. I think KW has a lot of good things going I am wired to be doing my own thing, to not be in a big, massive group. I'm a five-time college dropout. Take that for example. I just I get into a big group of five
0: times of the same college or five different
1: colleges. I just kept, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. It was way when you graduate, you go to college, and I tried it. I'm surprised your parents didn't like say you're freaking idiot, dude. Really. Oh, they finally did. They said, they said, it's not for you. And you know what? It, 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 just in this past year, I, I, I really heard it articulated well why, why I had that experience. I was listening to a podcast interview with uh, Tim Ferriss, one of my favorite podcasters, was, list, was interviewing Derek Sivers, uh, an entrepreneur who sold a, sold a big company. And he told a story about going to the, uh, he was about to go to the Berkeley School of Music. And he met a professor there who said, Derek, the normal pace of college is for chumps you meet with me for 2 hours every thursday morning for the next month and i will teach you how to challenge out the first 2 years of the program at berkeley and he did it and i thought all right that's exactly sort of where i was coming from i just i get into a big group of hundreds of people all doing the same basic thing and i'm just my skin starts to crawl and I just need to. I need to be out doing my own thing. So I left KW after a year and a half, and uh, and came and started my own firm. And it was it was just. And then the you best. hired
0: coaches like Michael Mayer and and, yep. and you know yep. co- coaches. I guess you know coaches and masterminds are considered uh, surrounding yourself. So if you hire a coach, I don't
1: care who it is, that could be one of your five, right? Well, for sure, for sure, and hundred percent. And there, there's a lot of different groups of five in your life you're the, the five family members the five business people you know what i mean so i mean you, you have to be deliberate and you're thinking about that but but the M- michael michael mayor and coaches coaches like him and i've worked with a couple different ones uh, michael's the one that i i had the longest relationship with and i still i still do i just i love him and i love what he's teaching he he got what i was doing he was not trying to fit me into a mold of you know he knew for a fact i wasn't going to be doing you know power hour lead gen cold call telemarketing type stuff and and his his strategies let me share one of the things that he uh guided me through that worked really well we with his with his help we put together a opening movie day for uh when the jungle book was released last spring we teamed up with two lender partners each of us it cost about a thousand bucks for each of us to reserve a 276 seat theater here in our town and so it was, uh, it opened on Friday, April 15th on Saturday morning, April 16th, we got the new, a noon slot to have our, uh, our people come. So we, we invited, we filled it up. We had all 276 seats, uh, filled up. And wow. as, as everyone entered the theater, we used Michael's VIP, uh, sort of form, uh, which, which was basically just a, how do you rate your service to Brandon Nelson? Who's the next person, you know, who's going to buy or sell real estate. And I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying it. There's a few more questions to that. From that basket of, of entry slips as people entered the theater, we got 39 names and phone numbers to follow up with about people who are going to buy and sell real estate. It was, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. We gave away a couple $79 Kindles, and we gave away an iPad, and we watched The Jungle Book, and it was, it was just such an awesome event. Those are the sorts of things that Michael just sort of guides you through. Don't be nervous. Here's how it works, and it works really, really well.
0: That's amazing, and I'm gonna put all of Michael's stuff on Brandon's show notes as well. So if you guys want to look in his coaching, whatever, I'll put the info up there, some of you know, you can access some of this stuff that we're talking about. Well, Brandon, this has been amazing. I mean, we could go all week. I could have you as my guest for the next twenty shows, and everybody <laughs> would get massive. Meat and potatoes every show. So I hope that you'll come back sometime. This has been amazing. And uh, certainly if I'm ever up in uh, Bellingham, Seattle area, we'll get together and break some bread, my friend.
1: That's fantastic. Let me share one last thing with you. Pat. Yeah, uh, two, do, do. two things. Number one, I would love to come back sometime. Like I said, I'm just a huge fan of your show. But in preparation, when you uh, you reached out to me about a week ago, I said, man, I'm going to put something together for the listeners of Pat's show. So I did. I just worked. I finished it early this morning. I put together a report with step-by-step instructions of how to go from zero to 100 Zillow reviews. Really? And I just I put it on my website. It's just go to brandonnelson.com forward slash pat. Sweet. It'll be working. It'll be a well-oiled uh, downloadable PDF, and uh, yeah, that's just a, a gift for your. And listeners. if you're
0: driving, guys, I will put that. Uh, in the show notes as well so you can um, you know download that PDF how to go from zero to a hundred reviews on Zillow because this is the man who did it himself. so uh, Brandon, thanks so much buddy and have a great day.
1: hey UT Pat.